All right. Anyway, back to the MCU this week on Thomas Reads the Internet. Uh, <laughs> Falcon Winter Soldier is a TV show about a guy who ends He's got up got birdie wings. With nah. birdie wings. Nah, and, nah. Uh, he has a shield now, too, Thank, as well. Thanks for, thanks for bringing us back. And I'll take it from you. The, <laughs> the thing that he does is he looks really kind of angry and brooding, but also confused at the same time all the time on screen. So you have seen the show. <laughs> Thomas, watch that's this just, one. That's just him. That's Anthony Mackie in general. <laughs> like that's how he looked in the second season of Altered Carbon too. Like. Listen, I know we spent a lot of time peeling the onion right back to the middle, but like my television avatar, Nick Miller, says, if you were supposed to talk about them, they would be called talkings, not feelings. And that's 100% (laughs) true. So let's get in gear. All right, I'm ready. And that, of course, means you made it. So pull up a chair. It's the TV boys. This is the show where we, the boys, you guessed it, we talk about TV. You guessed it. Each week here, we pick something about TV that we like. It's usually a person. This time, it's not. It's more of an idea. Welcome to part one of what will inevitably be an ongoing series. Johnny, what is it that we are talking about? Uh, This week, we're talking about... The Marvel Cinematic Universe television shows specifically Wait. on from phase Dis- four <laughs> from phase four on <laughs> Disney Plus. Wait, wait. <laughs> yes. Could you say maybe that this is the one and only Marvel? Now t- TV I know what we're talking about. Episode. Yeah. 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 But it's not because it's going to be four. multiple episodes. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting episode we've got here for you because instead of talking about, you know, an actor or a producer writer that made many shows, we're talking about a specific eighteen episodes of television. Yes, we're talking about uh, an idea behind you know what marvel is trying to do here but i feel like before we get there and i can't wait to get there um i feel like we need to talk about some of the marvel shows that became that came before um these disney plus phase four um the those shows because it's really confusing and i did a lot of research into this um like what marvel television is what Marvel Studios make is different than Marvel yeah. Television. I do want to talk about that. Um, too. Yeah, can yeah. we can we real quick because I uh, I made a I made a joke about it, but I don't fully understand it. Before we delve into that, what is Phase Four? Because if I don't know, there's oh, bound to be people. Oh yes, go ahead. So 
So, so Marvel has had, oh man, just so many movies, right? Yep. And they ultimately break, like a lot of these movies are, they, they interconnect, you know, and, and there's oftentimes a big finale of a grouping of a handful of movies, Uh, specifically if you're familiar with, uh, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, Endgame was the conclusion of phase three. Yeah. So it's just like a, like a chapter of movies that are all going to be there. You know, Marvel phase four is still in the same universe as, as phase three and two and one, but these, you know, specific movies are going to connect into an overall ending thing. Just for reference, just to, you know, try to put some context to it. Phase one was Iron Man, incredible Hawk, Iron Man two, Thor, the first Captain America movie, and then ended with the Avengers. So that's phase one. That's phase one. Okay. Phase two was Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Um, and then it sort of, uh, to me, felt like it ended with Avengers Age of Ultron. Technically, it actually ended with Ant-Man. Um, but anyways... And then phase three started with Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and had the Doctor Strange movie, which I loved, Guardians 2, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, because by now Spider-Man's back in the fold, uh, and the third Thor movie, Ragnarok, yeah, right? Uh, Black Panther, of course, Infinity War, the other Ant-Man movie, the one with the Wasp, uh, Captain Marvel, which we'll probably mention again later. Um, and then Endgame, which I actually thought was the end of Phase 3, uh, I guess, technically, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is actually the last of Phase 3. Uh, but Phase 4, from a movie standpoint, has star- is officially started with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Widow is the first in uh, what I think is planned to be, is it like uh, like eight movies? Eight Black Widow movies? No, or no, just no, like no, no, no. For this Phase Four. Well, there can't be because it's her last movie. She's actually suing Disney over the release of Black. Yeah, Widow. yeah. I've, I've recently the, read that. Yeah, it's supposed to be Black Widow, uh, the Legend of the Shang Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, the next Spider Man. Which, okay, so we had Spider Man Far From Home. The next one is Spider Man No Way Home. Um, oh no he's lost uh dr strange into the multiverse of madness which i actually might be most excited for yeah of uh, not that i'm excited not excited for many of them uh the next thor movie love and thunder the you know it's clearly like i don't what is that is that like a rolling stones (laughs) reference gotta be right uh black panther to the marvels i guess ant-man 3 quantum tania quantum mania I don't know. I'm not going to watch it, but so, hey. So that's how, Next that's how the phases work. But okay. Yeah. It's just like groupings of movies and or TV shows uh, that kind of like bring a end arc to these heroes' journey to some extent. Even though they like end with like arguably the best movie in the Avengers series and then make Ant-Man? 
Or no. Yeah. Not well, Ant-Man, the other Spider-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like well, those are just, it, it's all like, it all has to do with like the timeline uh, yeah. and yeah. Like, like honestly, what happens after, like it's still What I was talking to, like, about was release dates. Yeah. Like Spider-Man Homecoming, for all I know, might take place before yeah. Endgame. Like I honestly yeah. don't, I, I couldn't tell you, uh, but that like they're generally groupings with a crossover finale. Okay. So the first TV show to tie into the MCU, um, to tie into the movies, um, was Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That started in 2012, and it actually had like seven or eight seasons. I I did not know it did as well as it did. Well, and it was on a major network, too. It was on ABC. It was on ABC, and actually ABC also aired um, Agent Carter, which is an MCU show, and Inhumans. I do, I do want to say real quick, just in case, because like, that was a good question about Phase Four. Um, we're, we're probably going to say MCU a lot. We, yeah. You should be absolutely clear on what that is if you're not, which you probably are. But in case you're not, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, which is so like just one canon, one canon that they're trying you know, to overarching string story. over so many things. Uh, But also Netflix had a lot of their own series that um, tied into the MCU that was like greenlit by the people behind, you know, making the MCU. And that's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and The Punisher. And aside from that, they also had two young adult series, The Runaways on Hulu and Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. So, those are all shows made by Marvel Television Studios. And I did a lot of reading into all the behind the scenes, what happened. Um, As far as I can tell, it's all very complicated, but as far as I can tell, like, Marvel got bought by Disney and, like... Mar- like they they're almost trying to step away and like decanonize these Marvel television shows to like primarily push forward things that are made by uh what is it it's like a different Marvel production company so right so it was specifically Mar- like all the shows we just mentioned were made by Marvel television yeah and then now in this era where I believe it's Feige, Feige, Feige. Is it, in, it's it, Feige. Feige is, uh, I, he's, he's heading up Marvel. He's making the, he's making these big decisions. And also, like you said, they got bought by Disney, which is great news because it means now the same person making Marvel TV or same company rather also has the rights to X-Men, which that's why we haven't been seeing X-Men in anything Marvel related because, Although it, the X-Men are Marvel, those rights were uh, optioned out. But as of October 2019, they're all They're all together under the Disney because, umbrella, right? Right. Yeah. And, and everything Marvel television, I've actually found this phrase in like four different articles. So it must have been someone who was like real important to them to use this terminology. Marvel television has been folded into... I kept seeing uh, that too, Marvel and I was like, Studios. "Do I say it's a merger? Yeah. Do I say they were bought out?" I don't. But think also, that, like, they're Marvel... probably not allowed to say it was a merger. But also, right. from what I've they're, read, they're, Marvel... de- they're clearly <laughs> not allowed to say it's a merger. <laughs> yeah. But it was a merger. Okay, but here's the thing that really confused me because I I've recently talked about um, 
uh, Marvel's MODOK. And I was yeah. expecting to see that in the list of MCU shows. Right. It is not it's an not MCU, MCU show. It was made by Marvel Television yeah. and is not in the MCU. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like there's, there, I don't know. I, it was very I, confusing to me to, so like, I, are they trying to distance, aren't they trying to distance themselves from all of those Marvel Television shows? And they're now they're saying they're, like, I don't, these new shows are made by uh, Marvel Studios, not Marvel Television. Marvel Television no longer exists. Okay. Okay, I thought it still existed, and like both of these things. Oh, were... it's been folded in. <laughs> Mar- no, no, Marvel okay. Television no longer exists. Marvel Studio controls all previous show rights and ongoing projects. I think I genuinely my theory is the reason they just let it go ahead and say Modoc is Marvel Television is because one. I don't think it was it was never going to be part of the MCU. Marvel Television was already making MCU things. They were doing this other thing. I think that that was in production for so long, like a stop motion show. I think may have they might have been working on that in 2015. Yeah, and so they weren't going to strip away credit on this thing they made. I think that's the situation there. But it feels, yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, I don't want to go in this too far. I want to get to what we what we're here to talk about. But I, I don't know. It just feels like oh, they're, they're trying to push forward the MCU, their right. cinematic universe, so much, and to see something come out so recently that's like, I, this is it's Marvel's in the title, but right. it's not has it doesn't have anything to do I, with the I'll movies. say this. I'll say this. Not it's not that they're decanonizing any of the Marvel television shows because they're not, but they're absolutely trying to make these current shows, these what we're referring to as phase four shows. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're talking about WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. That's yeah. what that's the shows we're like. They're trying to, like, even though Marvel Television has, has been absorbed by Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios made these three shows, they are trying to make it seem like this is a different thing. Yeah. Like, they went into. The like Marvel made a decision to to make some television shows specifically sh- a, focusing on characters that they predicted would not get a standalone movie, so that they were like, well, let's get more out of these characters, let's develop them more. Yeah. But like they wanted to pick characters that they thought they're not going to get a movie. They're just always going to they're going to be a side character in the next movie. So let's make a show about them. And that's what this plan is. That's what's going on with uh, all these Phase Four miniseries. And it's and it's really cool because they're like super well funded, well, and they the have thing. the movie actors that's in it. The difference. So it, it raises the is is they tried to give the it bar. a movie budget. We're, yeah. we're talking like twenty five million dollars an episode, whereas the previous Marvel television, like Agents of Shield, like was nowhere near that. Yeah. And because it's twenty five million dollars an episode they can make it look cinematic and it's easier to say something that looks, you know, a TV show that looks like the movies, you know, yeah. we're talking and game of Thrones level special effects, like at least on the money, like you can call that part of the cinematic, not that the old shows weren't technically part of MCU. Like it's easier to swallow that. Like this is part of the cinematic universe. Like this is where what these two guys did after that last movie and before the next movie, because yeah. it's the same quality. Yeah. And um, you're getting six episodes of each show for the most part, or yeah. um, 12. Um, I, I read 
that I think it was Kevin Feige said that um, he wanted these to be six hour long movies split up. Like well, it's, it's six hours of content. Like he meant yeah. it to be. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess I'm just saying like, I you're not some, getting like I have some strong feelings episodes. about that depending on, depending on the show. Cause okay. he definitely, he definitely wanted that. And that was the, the vision for, uh, falcon and the winter soldier okay well speaking of vision um are you ready to get into it yeah let's talk about wandavision you're talking about the first one yeah so i i honestly was gonna ask clearly we're gonna talk about wandavision first but it's a little confusing when you're talking to you know because captain or, or sorry captain the falcon and the winter soldier was supposed to be first really and got stopped in production uh, due to COVID hmm. and then ultimately finished. But like WandaVision was starting filming later and was able to film all at once. Okay. And ended up coming out first. Huh? So like what on, honestly, I, I think WandaVision is one of the, one of the coolest and also one of the braver ideas that a streaming service has pumped this amount of money into and it's I'm glad that they didn't hold on to it. Like they WandaVision was supposed to be their second entry and honestly I think the next show we'll talk about is is more of a classic MCU feel and WandaVision is so so different and I think it it was a a smart move and the right move to not hold on to it and make it second and just go ahead and release WandaVision. I agree 100%. I uh I watched all of. Have you both watched all of this? Um, I have. I have not finished it yet, but don't worry about saying spoilers because I'm, no, I'm pretty no, no. sure I've, I've heard all the spoilers. I'm going. I'm going to finish it. I'm not necessarily going to spoil anything. I was just more so asking yeah. for for my information. For me to be on a Marvel episode uh, seems almost like heresy because I'm not like the biggest Marvel boy. There are movies that I like. There's movies that I don't like. WandaVision is my favorite piece of Marvel IP out of everything that they've made. And I'm not trying to hype it up and say, like, no, it's the that's, greatest that's of all time. Fire. Yeah. But, like, for me, yeah. I loved it. Uh, before we get too far into uh, what we love about WandaVision, can you just break it down real quick, Izzy? Yeah, so so I do want to mention, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Jack Schaefer because – um, she created this show in the recent past. If you didn't know, uh, she was Schaefer was a, a writer for Black Widow, the the movie, okay. and then also 2019's highest grossing film, Captain Marvel. Nice. Although she is uncredited, and but she did write for that. Anyways, um, like all the shows we're going to talk about, WandaVision is of course based on Marvel comics, featuring characters. Specifically in this one, Wanda, Wanda Maximoff, who uh, may be better known or more famously known as the Scarlet Witch. Spoiler for the show, but like you probably know that at this point. And then also Vision. It's about Wanda and it's about and Vision. It's set in uh, the you know the current MCU movie timeline. It shares continuity with the films of the franchise, which is. You know the 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 point of all these shows we're talking about, but it takes place specifically after Avengers Endgame. If you're familiar with that, uh, WandaVision 
like I said, ended up coming out first for Marvel Studios, their first show. Uh, Matt Shakeman uh, directed it. I, he's directed some Game of Thrones, some Fargo, some Sunny. Nice. Uh, anyways, WandaVision, it starts, it, it goes through from episode to episode different styles of television, I believe, specifically starting with 50s. I, I, think, I think it's, it's the 50s. 50s. Yeah. And then the second episode is 60s, and the third episode is 70s. You see where it's going. But the, the attention to detail is staggering. They they literally have a studio audience that is sitting in like older school wooden folding chairs that would have actually been there. Like they sat down at, with Dick Van Dyke to talk about like what it was actually like to, to to do this in front of a live audience. This was the first time Marvel has ever filmed before a live audience. It they they went through like old pictures of like Dick Van Dyke and similar type shows. Um, of the sets to try to get correct lighting that would have like using old school lighting for like it. Okay. It's wild. They're, they're using literal things attached to wires that they're like moving around, like rather than current CGI to just make it look like that. Like it's the attention to detail is beautiful in exploring all these eras of television. Yeah. Um, I just want to say like, it's hard to explain the storyline of this show. Um, but like just what you were saying with like going each episode going, um, from like decade to decade with TV. Uh, I thought it was really funny that you just brought up Dick Van Dyke, uh, like consulting them because that first episode where they're trying to do like fifties, like maybe it's sixties it's black and white. Um, but just the set of their living room, I immediately thought, like, I used to watch the Dick Van Dyke show as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I immediately thought to myself, like, this looks exactly like his house. Like, it looks almost like purposely, purposefully done to look like the Dick Van Dyke show. And I actually brought that up on YouTube and played it and paused the living rooms and went back and forth. And it is so close. Yeah. And, like, yeah. they... <laughs> Like, like, you know, these, these characters have special powers and can like move things with their minds, but even like with, with the, you know, decade specific filming, they're using like practical effects like they would have done in the fifties or in the sixties to do their magic. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's so hard to explain, I feel like, and it's such a strange plot. Um, but as a TV boy and somebody who just loves the art form, it is, it's just like, it's an ode to TV in itself. And it's, uh, yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. So, so what's happening is from like Wanda and vision are living in this small town that is from day to not necessarily day to day, but from episode to episode, like we said, changing stylistically and it's just in a small radius and there's some, some, you know, suit wearing FBI types outside of this trying to figure out what's going on. And that is of course a bit of a spoiler, but that's like something you find out pretty early in the show. Like there's, there definitely what's causing this and why and how, is is really the pursuit of the storyline of the show um 
but I just feel like we, everything we've said is super cool, but if you've not seen any of it, you still have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We I feel um, like at this point we've really aired out everything that we can without ruining the show. Yeah, I just wanted listening. to say that uh, the, uh, I believe, creator, or, um, yeah, Schaefer, the creator, um, he was inspired by MC... She. What is it? Oh, it's a she, it's Jack. Short it's short for Okay, uh, female Jack. Yeah, she was inspired by MCU films Thor Ragnarok and um, Marvel Television X Men series Legion. Mm. And the fact, like, I read that, and I'm such a big fan of Legion. I think I like even if I didn't, even if I didn't read that, I still would have thought of Legion while watching this show because there's this this almost intangible dream quality to everything that's happening and these um almost random breaks into like horror almost like wake up wake up what like or like st- like a character will just like glitch out like stop doing that stop doing that stop doing that and you're like wait what's real what's really happening and i feel like the legion and this show have so much in common, and I I can't wait to watch more of it. Um, I've only seen the first three episodes so far. Uh, didn't have a ton of time this week to watch everything I wanted to, but like it's it's so much like Legion that I I know I'm gonna finish this. I I love that aspect of it's, it's what's real, me, what's what's not. It's giving me chills hearing you talk about it because I love I love this show so much. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And like I, I, I feel like I know re-watch. where it's going, but I I might not. So I'm um, I'm ready for some surprises. Yeah, like well Yeah. I feel like halfway through the season you feel like you have most of it pinned. Yeah. And then they do they do throw in some some wrenches here and there and then also the uh the I guess you'd say supporting cast, but not so much support basically everybody outside yeah uh they are excellent yeah okay yeah that's one thing they these phase four mcu shows are all doing so incredibly well is the casting yeah uh they're putting some strange people into these shows uh owen wilson like like some comedy people um katherine hahn who is uh like that that you know uh naughty neighbor always saying the wrong thing yeah. and like winking um she's so great she's from parks and recreation anchorman stepbrothers i thought she was so great in that i had an interesting uh foray into these phase four shows because i watched the pilot episode of all three of these and uh just like blind one after the other and then uh, I was going to decide after watching those which one was the best that I went back to uh, first. So um, I also just like wrote down some some thoughts I had immediately while watching them. And um, one of them, of course, after watching WandaVision, was uh, seeing Asif Ali again. He's um he's like oh, in yeah. he's in like from the, wrecked. Yeah, he's from wrecked. He's like um the a coworker of Vision and mm-hmm. like his in his office. Uh, but he plays Pack on Wrecked, and I think he is so funny in everything he does. Also, uh, it seems like all these MCU shows are longer than they are because they have six to eight minutes of credits, maybe like six to ten minutes of credits Dude, after each episode. I, for so WandaVision, a, it's almost like a third I of had the a, running time. Uh, yeah. A pretty funny experience uh, watching, watching uh, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier the other night where I was like, man, 
I'm trying to finish this episode, then run to the restroom, go to the drink, like transfer my lawn, go to the drink, go get a drink, (laughs) transfer my laundry. Like I was trying to do errands in between, but I was like, man, I just, you know, how much time does it have left? Because maybe I'm not going to wait till the end. And I paused the episode and it had a little over nine minutes left. I was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and get this started. I run to the restroom. I run, grab my big K diet cola. I put my clothes in the dryer. I sit back down, crack the drink, put the foot rest up, click play. (laughs) And and there was literally less than five seconds left (laughs) of the episode. (laughs) And it was to the credit sequence. I was like, what? Yeah. That's what I, one I was like, out for. I literally <laughs> thought I misread. I was like, I thought it said nine minutes. Obviously, I'm wrong. And I paused it. I was like, no. <laughs> nine minutes left on this file, this uh, this video file, and the episode <laughs> is over. Yeah. yeah. And of course, nine of course, of credits is absurd. In, in at least one credit sequence of all three shows. They do hide a scene, so sometimes you feel like you have to watch it. I remember you telling me that. And freaking I've been, scrub through it. I've been it's scrubbing. nine minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I was told, actually, Hayden told me when I told him I was going to watch WandaVision, he said, just be careful, man. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of credits at the end. Just like, <laughs> yeah. don't, like basically warning me to not do that. Like, don't pause it toward the end and like do something to come right. back and expect to have nine minutes. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Uh, Asif Ali, did you know he was in an episode of The Mandalorian? I saw, but I, I like looked at his IMDb credits after yeah. seeing him in uh, WandaVision, and I don't remember him in The Mandalorian. Yeah, and, me either. He must have been an alien. Well, no, I, he could have been an alien, or it could have been we watched The Mandalorian before season one before we before saw Wrecked. Oh, so maybe. I wouldn't have recognized him. That's true. I would have thought because Pat, because he is like one of my favorite yeah, character he, actors at this point. But I guess if I didn't know him yet, yeah, exactly. Like I will definitely recognize him from now on because he was so great as Pack. But at that I, time, we probably didn't know. Him. I want to say one last weird fact about Wandavision. I mean, there's so many, there's so much. But Paul uh, Bet Bettany, who's who plays Vision, yeah, it, which if you've seen him in in comics or in the other movies, like he's predominantly red, yeah. In those episodes, I believe it's just the first two where it's black and white. Those red portions are painted blue because that blue just picks up on the grayscale like camera and, and film like better. I remember reading And like those. I've not seen set photos of it, but like I don't know. I'm kind of interested in blue vision. <laughs> yeah. It no, seems I... like the you know the shiny vision. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I have seen set photos of him as blue vision. Oh nice. I remember reading about this story because like, I think I think the whole kitchen is blue. Like all the cabinetry is blue. Yeah, and it's just like. You know, they're just uh, when you're when you're capturing stuff in black and white, it's your options are limited as is, and, and blue just picks up really well. Yeah. Do you want to hear a secret of mine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Thomas Secret Corner. I watched Time for a secret from Thomas. Was I watched great? this whole series. Yeah. I had watched other movies with Paul Bettany in them in the MCU. I'd watched, you could say, several hours of him on screen. And when Danielle asked me about the show, I said, oh, yeah, like Jude Law, 
who plays <laughs> Vision. <laughs> he thought it was Jude Law. And if you look he, it up. He looks like Jude Law. If, and he kind of sounds like him. Yeah. If you look it up. He he used to now he's made a name for himself, but he used to peep uh, directors or uh, producers Call would like, say they'd say get me the guy who looks like Jude <laughs> Law but like cost Jude half Law. as much. Yeah, and now he costs more than Jude Law. <laughs> he's out dumb. So next, I guess we should talk about the second phase for Marvel Cinematic Universe television show. That should which have been was, the first. Was supposed to be the first. Yeah. And that is, of course, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which aired earlier this year uh, in March. I think it ran into April, but, you know, they're all pretty short shows. Uh, of course, based on, you know, the these characters from the current movie series, uh, this miniseries in particular was created by Malcolm Spellman, who produced and wrote for Fox's Empire, which is... A pretty big show. Uh, I guess we haven't talked about it before, but like you know, definitely well received. Um, this this show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, fe- features uh, Sam Wilson as the Falcon and Bucky Barnes as Winter Soldier. Kind of there's there's like a tw- I believe. Uh, do you do you say Feige? Feige. Feige. Feige talks about a particular very possible popular 12 seconds of a captain america movie in which these two are interacting with each other that everybody wanted like a buddy a buddy story a buddy cop movie really with these two like it was talked about years before marvel studios was even a thing Hmm. and just like this idea that these from from i believe what they had briefly done for like i said for 12 seconds in civil war together people were just like oh yeah those those guys have chemistry right some good lines uh so it was pretty you know a long time coming and they finally did it uh it's it's you know also after avengers endgame all these shows are going to be after endgame but it's endgame is a part of the backstory of all of the shows is why i feel like we're mentioning it they really dive uh, into the um repercussions of what happened in endgame in this show like pretty pretty immediately um and yeah, i i yeah. was that that was one thing that really interested me hearing about like people just like financially dealing with half the world disappearing and then four years later right. or five years later all of them coming back like the that, banks are like, we can't do this anymore. Like the, the real world problems that would have come from right. that. It, it was kind like of strange. how that would actually happen. Yeah, it was strange for them to a, go that far into it's it. It's a major political thing of like people are living in the houses of people who disappeared five years ago. So now who gets the house now that everybody's back Yeah, and, and stuff like that. And also the fact that it goes into that so hard, I think – makes a, even more sense knowing that this was intended to be the first show yeah yeah after end, sure. end game like explaining like where we're at from there uh, not that wandavision isn't fantastic but i think it doesn't you know wandavision doesn't get into like so how did so how did the snap of half the population disappearing and then reappearing five years later affect the world like that is not a factor in WandaVision. Yeah. And that is a major theme of this show. 
which which you know it, it makes sense to to have that as a major theme in your first show after that movie it <clears throat> sorry that was intentional uh <laughs> It it does affect WandaVision, but in a in a much smaller way. Like there is a small little story arc in there um about um I don't know if she's actually FBI, but anyway, it's irrelevant. Um Johnny. Just some like Oh, because she's like back before yeah. and, like she yeah. And and I think she I, was also snapped back. Yeah. So just some like knee jerk reactions I had to the show was one, I thought it was filmed very well. Um, I, you know, I was immediately, um, enthralled with the storyline. Um, I was as like a recent fan of, uh, the UFC. I was very surprised to see George St. Pierre as a bad guy in this show. He's like a title winner UFC, uh, fighter. Dude, G- so, GSP is the freaking bet. I like so, when I play UFC, whether we're talking two or three, I'm picking GSP. So we're all just going to sidestep the fact that Johnny just said he was surprised to see as a new fan of the UFC GSP <laughs> in a Marvel I... movie. <laughs> I rhyme so much. But you didn't you didn't say GSP, you said George St. Pierre, but had you said GSP, it would have just been yeah, one. We're basically wrong. all rapping here, is yeah. what you're getting at. I get that. Uh but like last night after seeing him on that show, I kind of went on like a weird rabbit trail well, of so... like looking up interviews of him talking about it. Um, and I like I didn't really know much about this guy because he's not in the UFC anymore. He's kind of like a re- older now, and I just watched the newer stuff. But like, he was extremely endearing in the interviews that oh, I yeah. saw. He was he's like a great guy. Seemed like a very nice guy, and um, he uh, has a very strong French accent. So I assumed yeah. he was French, but he's actually French Canadian. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, I ended up watching a lot of interviews. There's some fun ones uh, you can watch about him talking about being in this show. Cause like I immediately clocked him as like a UFC fighter. So I was like, Oh wow. These fight scenes are going to be really cool. Like this guy actually did the punching and kicking for a living. Right. Like he's the real right. deal. So the, there's some really cool fight scenes. Um, but uh, he, the, he, I, there was one quote from him that I thought was really cool. He was, he was bullied growing up and that was why he got into um, the UFC. But he said that um, self-defense, he, he started uh, martial arts because he wanted to defend himself from bullies. But he said self-defense became a passion, passion became business, and I became a fighter. And he said, and now I am trying to become an actor. And he talked about how hard acting is yeah. and like how great Anthony Mackie was. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I, I I did I do want to say a couple things like just just to be clear just so you know for the diehard Marvel fans and or GSP fans out there uh, he is reprising his role front like he was this character is, is it George or Georges Batrock I feel like they call it, they they call him his last name anyways yeah. from the Captain America the the Winter Soldier movie. Like see, he was, I, I saw he was that this movie character in that movie. Yeah, see, I saw that movie, but I wasn't into the UFC at all, so yeah. I didn't know know who he was. But um, he, that's cool though. That I he, mean, he plays a pretty big role in the show. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I really don't feel like it's giving too much away to say that, like, you know, he's in the first episode, but he's also 
in the end of the show like he comes back around to get gsp more than once i was yeah Uh, i i figured i was hoping it uh you you were talking about the you know him of course being a a professional kicker professional puncher uh did you know one of the head writers for the show or one of the big writers for the show rather i should say was Derek kolstad who created the john wick franchise oh wow really? okay yes. yeah so i like to those Derek, fight scenes Derek Holstead, dope. creator of john wick <laughs> yeah and of course john wick two and three he was a writer for this show where there's some good kicks and punches i'll yeah. tell you that <laughs> some i'll tell you that scenes. i do think some of it's a little backloaded like they you know a lot of flash in the opening and then story building not that there's not like fight scenes in every episode but I I kind of I kind of feel like some of my favorite fight scenes of the series were in the final two episodes. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, another thought that I had just immediately while watching this, uh, it was real murdery, right from the beginning. Like, aren't you aren't yeah. Avengers usually fighting space aliens or <laughs> alien Nazis? It's it's something like that. But these like it starts off with the winner or um uh. The Falcon, it, he's like joined the Air Force, and he's just straight up murking dudes. He's throwing helicopter. He's he's throwing <laughs> helicopters into sides of mountains and just straight up wait, murdering wait. real dudes who feel, aren't Nazis. I feel like that's got to be an over exaggeration. <laughs> throwing no. helicopters into the side. Okay, of mountains. it happens in the first episode, dude. You need to watch it. I I was watching it with a critical eye, man. That sounds. <laughs> That sounds really, really exaggerated. But like he, he's pretty... he's mur- he's straight murdering dudes, man. I'm that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not that I'm not about that. Like I'm totally into murdering. Yeah, dudes. but I didn't think <laughs> the Falcon would do that. Like he's well, he's, uh, he's always been one of the more angsty Avengers, though. Like yeah. you watch the Avengers movies, and he's typically and always also I thought off. it was very funny that in the first episode, uh, there's like the Falcon has to try to save like some American guy and he's in helicopters with bad guys and the bad guys as their like escape defense were to wear like those squirrel suits where they could like glide. Yeah. And they're doing that against a superhero and an Avenger who calls himself a Falcon. Why would you think like, Oh, I'm going to fly away from the Falcon. I was like, man, that's, that's terrible like, planning. Glide you should have just, like, just like, jumped out and then did a parachute at the end and then got on the ground. He's not called the, the, the Jaguar. He's, he's also not called the <laughs> I, dropper. So like you could just drop. Like, why would you try to get away from the Falcon in the I, air? I honestly <laughs> don't remember thinking about that. If, we're, if I'm, if I'm being honest, my problems with the pilot episode were more the, was more the like Phantom Menace of it all. Which is just say like the needless political thing where it was yeah. like the bad guy, like Falcon trying to save this plane and there's the bad guys taking it over and bad guy helicopters and blah, 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 blah. But there was like, that should have been enough. Like that's enough. But the whole problem was that it was about to enter like Sokovia airspace <laughs> and captain and the falcon didn't have jurisdiction there and it was like every country around yeah. is a-okay but was they're, trying to, they're trying to like crash the plane into sokovia so that they can't like rescue them and it was like 
oh no, I got to save him before we cross into this airspace. Otherwise I'll just leave and not save him legally. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, first Even off, <laughs> the Avengers no, have blown you freaking up like won't. billions You'll still time. go save him. And second <laughs> off, like the countdown didn't need to be like until we cross into the air, this airspace, it could have just been that like the plane was being hijacked. <laughs> like you didn't need this extra stakes of like, oh no, if it crashes over there, we won't be able to recover the bodies. Like what? <laughs> That's not, that shouldn't be part of it. Um, oh, okay. I but it is. I it thought you were going to talk it. about. <laughs> I th- was like, what? Like that's not upping the ante for me. But I thought you were about to talk to. about when <laughs> the Falcon goes home and realizes his sister is about to lose they are his family, lose their business, family business, which is like because crabbing like, or like catching fish on a boat. Yeah, they have like a shrimp boat or and something. I, like it goes into the Avengers don't make money. It's just like a bunch of goodwill. And for some reason, Tony Stark, like I said, the problem with the beginning episode is the phantom menace of it all. But (laughs) like politics and paychecks that are not part of a sci-fi. The only thing that kept running through my head was like, start a GoFundMe for the guy who helped bring half of all people back. Hey, yeah, half yeah. of all people that are back, can you, you know give what? Honestly, 50 cents to the I'm guy gonna, who helped bring you back? I'm going to give you a spoiler. I'm going to give you a spoiler about <laughs> Does that. that. Happen? Even though he was a close personal friend of Tony Stark, the yeah. richest person, uh, you know, helped uh, in Wakanda, the witch, like, later on, they just, like, start a neighborhood phone tree of, like, hey, the, 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 the Wilsons need need help with their boat and the whole neighborhood's like yeah you guys are great people we'll help out problem solved okay like, so it's just his it's first a whole, episode that has a lot of flaws well not like yeah okay. but, <laughs> but like he's still getting phone calls throughout the middle episodes of like i went to the bank and they wouldn't give me a loan and it's just like it's it's a weighing on him the whole time and it just ends with like yeah we just like asked the neighborhood for help and they were like you're you're the freaking Captain Falcon, like, yeah, we'll help you fix your boat. <laughs> like, of course. I, you, and like, why wouldn't like the military, like the military is giving him like vibranium wings or whatever yeah, the heck. It's like, like sell a bit of your vibranium. You can't, you can't give him like 30 grand a year. <laughs> give him a freaking like decommissioned boat. That the, like, yeah. what? Come on. Anyways, yeah. Don't worry about that issue. The problem just gets solved because their neighbors are friendly. But it's a, it's a, it is a... <laughs> also, I don't get... Like, how do you get to know your neighbors as someone who lives on a boat? Like, wouldn't your neighbors be changing? But they're like, yeah, we've lived at the same dock for, for generations. Like, their people are like, yeah, your dad always helped me. It's like, what? What? And, I don't understand boat life. And I also, guess. the Falcon helped bring back half of all people. That's my problem. Uh, but it is a good show. <laughs> I mean, it is a good show. It's a good we're, show. We're, we yeah, are you know railing what? on it. You know it. what? I do. Uh, Here's some other things I want to say about this show. Very, very, very different from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. This show specifically is a six-hour movie. Yeah. It was made to be a six-hour movie. In fact, depending on what you're into, some people would see that as a criticism in comparison to WandaVision, specifically uh, The Den of Geek, which is like a, a, a review 
organization that they like that was there they were like oh i loved wandavision because it's an episode it's a show that like each episode is a self-contained fun story and then of course there is an overall story to it but each episode is cool on its own where arguably some episodes of um the falcon and the winter soldier are just like pushing forward in what is ultimately a six-hour movie which is good which is a good movie, which is a, you know, a fun six hour story, but is every episode self-contained great? Eh, I wouldn't say so. Is every episode of Wanda self-contained great? Yes, I would say so. And, but they're trying to do a different, two different styles of storytelling. It's not like, it's not that Falcon Winter Soldier did it wrong. They did it different. But it is, it is, I would definitely call that show a six hour movie. And uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's visual effects look as good as the movies. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. When you see him flying around, it looks like you're watching an Avengers movie, which is really cool. But uh, I will say, what really drew me into this show, what really made me like it, was Bucky Barnes' storyline. Um, the stuff he was going through, the, the Winter yeah. Soldier. Um, who was like brainwashed to be a, a Nazi Hydra operative for like 80 years. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually he, you know, he's a bad guy who, who breaks away and becomes a good guy. Uh, but this is in this show, he's dealing with all of the um, senseless murder that he committed. And like, now he's like a good guy with a conscience and it's really haunting for him. And uh, I, really really liked his storyline and i thought that it was um very emotionally uh it, it connected with me emotionally yeah. i thought it was well acted and well put together if you if you especially considering what you just said about bucky's arc but especially i want you both to to go ahead and finish the series if you haven't already because all in in large part part of their like part of the vibe is, is given through cinematography because yeah. uh, Bucky is most of his shots on purpose are close shots and his arc is that he's super in his head he's in his head all the time about like making amends for what he did and is he you know is he still the Winter Soldier is he not of course he's not but he still did those things and he's super in his head. And when he's doing something or saying something, it's almost always a close shot. And by, by contrast, uh, Wilson's arc, the, the, the Falcon's arc is about effect, like the world around him and being, uh, a, a black man in modern America. Like that's a huge theme of the show and it's about affecting the people around him and his shots are purposely wider to like get more of the background and surroundings in it. And like, they'll be talking to each other and they'll cut back and forth between like a wide shot on Wilson and a close shot on Bucky because it, but like on purpose, because that's their arc. Like one of them's in their head and one of them is trying to take on and solve the problems of the world. Not that they both don't have internal and external struggle. They, they definitely do. But as far as, the specific storylines they're trying to get through, whether it be self-contained in the show or pulled from comics, they're trying to do an internal storyline for Bucky and an ex external 
world changing storyline for the Falcon. And I think that like when you put that into the cinematography, honestly, when you put any part of your story into the cinematography, you're going to win me over. And I, that's one of the things I love about this show. See, I think, I think that's so cool. And, um, you know, I'm a music guy. I'm not in like you are into how things are shot and you'll talk about those things. And um, I saw that uh, you you wrote that that stuff down, and after watching it, I, you know, in the moment I didn't think about that. That didn't stick out to me. But I think as a viewer who was not looking for that, I felt the impact of mm. that in a certain way. Yeah, that dude, was yeah. really cool. Like that's not something I think about. I don't think about the way things are shot, and I think the average viewer is like me and um i don't know it's almost uh, it's almost like uh subliminal messaging yeah in in a way that i think it it connected with me in a really cool way and i think it's because of that but i didn't think about that if the director does his job well you shouldn't have to know what he's trying to do with the shots yeah and i think that that really depicts a good tv show or movie is if you get that feeling that you're claustrophobic because all the shots are real tight without being aware of how that cinematography works. I love that because that's basically as a music guy, you always hear um, the person who's um, at the soundboard. um, If everything's going amazing, you should not notice him or think about him. Yeah. I, that, yeah, that was You notice always, it when it's going bad. That's when you're going to look at the sound guy. <laughs> yeah, that was our mantra in the sound booth. Although, you know, like you pointed out, I, I, I mostly ran the graphics, but in the sound booth, it was, you never get noticed unless you do something wrong. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, you mentioned music. I do want to give a shout out to, to Henry Jackman. I don't know if you read any about the music in, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Henry Jackman's an award-winning uh, composer. He he made the music for the he 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 scored the last few Captain America movies. But I like I didn't realize the attention to detail that like maybe you as an audio person would if you watch these movies and watch this show that he's like using the motifs and themes of these characters from the movies throughout like their scenes in the shows, but it's like different versions of them. Um, I don't know. Maybe let's just see if this sentence even means anything to you. Um, when he was trying to, you know, he he uses the, the Falcons theme easily because it was already modern, but the winter soldier, if you remember, he's from the forties. Yeah. So he had like a forties motif and he tried that and it wasn't really working for this, you know, current movie set in 2021 um so instead he took an element from the end of it of the original winter soldier theme that's played on strings in a disturbing octatonic scale and straightened it out into a diatonic scale to create a new melody that's for this now civilian version of what was once the winter soldier oh that's kind of cool because <laughs> to me that meant nothing <laughs> if you're out there and you're but, listening and you know the difference between <laughs> say the words again a diatonic Oct- and an octatonic and, and, and diatonic yeah then you know what we're talking about yeah, and yeah. and johnny 
Uh, yeah, no, I've I've taken classes where I had to watch movies and identify when yeah. their motifs would come in and right. go. And um, no, I noticed I loved I loved the music in all of these shows. Um, I'm specifically going to talk about Loki more than okay. this show, um, but, but this, I really this show has I some, did notice the motifs. I don't even know if you've gotten to some of the best music yet because there's 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 an interesting. Uh, john walker who's like the new captain america um they use some of the captain america motif but there's a an emotional shift later in the season where there's like an operatic version of the captain america motif and i was like to me like that even as like you know i don't focus too much on the music but i'm like ooh, hold on (laughs) like this is this is like that captain america it but it's but it's now now things are heating up yeah (laughs) like you know i didn't i didn't realize what was happening until i looked it up and it was like yeah this is the operatic version oh okay Mm, yeah well uh we're gonna talk about number three here and by that of course i only mean in airing order because we will of course be ranking them uh but that's the third show in marvel phase four and our final show here marvel phase four part one the tv boys uh and that's loki we're going to talk about Loki. That's the latest one to come out. Let me tell you, I love Loki. Loki was made by Michael Waldron, who's worked on Community and Rick and Morty. That makes so much sense. Like a ton now of other stuff, but Loki. that's what's important to me. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, he's worked on at least three shows that I love quite dearly, now including Loki. Uh, of course, this is on Disney Plus. Everything, you know, essentially this episode is sponsored by Disney Plus. Not that any of our comments or opinions reflect on them. Yeah, we so are we are not actually us. just let me clarify, we are not sponsored by <laughs> Disney Plus. Israel is saying all these that shows these are shows on Disney Plus. Yeah, they gave have me made... ten thousand dollars. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> you got some splaining to do. Just kidding. So this follows technically an alternate version of loki created in a new timeline in which if you if you watch the marvel movies and you watched endgame you saw like all of a sudden time freeze and loki comes and grabs the tesseract uh this follow this show follows that picks up from there um kate heron directed the first season uh like like we mentioned michael waldron were he 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 was the head writer for this whole season and i say first because this one specifically has been picked up for a second season loki will continue it's just that freaking good okay um i just want to say loki you know, I told you I watched the pilot episode of all three of these shows first and then decided which one I'd go back to. It was Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, as you probably mm-hmm. guessed, uh, Loki has so many, like, highbrow sci-fi influences in oh, it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And um, the dialogue is so good. Um, when I, th- I think you talked about loki to me personally and i think you said that it was di- did you liken it to dirk gently's holistic detective agency i think i said it reminded me of uh, stranger things with a flavor of dirk 
Okay, because I totally get specifically like the Dirk Gently vibes yeah. of just almost nonsensical dialogue that doubles back on itself, like just like um, like logical loops. Were I I I love I love the dialogue. I specifically um, I love when Loki is he's trying to convince um, one of those agents to do something, and. Uh, he he's like yeah give me a give me the knife and he goes no you, you'll stab me in the back and he goes well that's such a straightforward forward betrayal i would never do that <laughs> and this guy's like i have studied every moment of your life you have stabbed like 50 people in the back and like <laughs> just the yeah it's i love the dialogue and the the storyline is so 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 cool um, it, it, you know, it goes into timekeepers and there's like a true timeline and there's variants that vary off of this true timeline. And, uh, I don't know. I love, I love time travel jargon that, uh, probably under closer inspection doesn't hold up super well, but for somebody who's just hearing it, snap, 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 like all these things coming at you. I love it. So you like wibbly wobbly timey wimey? Yes, I was gonna make that reference too. Thank you for making that reference. It's wibbly wobbly timey wimey goodness, and um, Owen Wilson was such a surprise. So you mentioned Owen Wilson, yeah, uh, who of course is one of the my favorite actors, but he's a great character. Mo, like Mobius is fantastic, and he Loki is so good. Um, supposedly, rather than than check out like Marvel comics, which I'm sure he had an awareness. Like who doesn't know what Marvel is? Yeah. Um. But he that he requested, and and it was agreed to. Like he that he had Tom Hiddleston Loki, uh, explain to him the MCU up to this point, to, rather than really? like read. I love and, like, that. I love that idea of having like your co-star who's been in the MCU, who has a deep and great knowledge of what's happening because yeah. it's been a major part of their life for years to be like, you know what? You just, you just, you just tell me what's happening and then I'll go from there. And yeah. like, <laughs> I, I love that about Owen Wilson. I love that about Mobius. Yeah. Can like, I just tell you like what specifically gave me hardcore Dirk Gently vibes yo, that yeah. made me fall in love with the show? Because Dirk Gently is like one of my favorite shows ever. Um, specifically when Loki escapes temporarily from um this like uh so there's you know the timekeepers there's one two tr one true timeline and the timekeepers created this like bureaucratic government to make sure everything stays in line um like that the uh what what like receptionist guy like loki escapes from jail and he like runs into this like receptionist guy and he goes what's your name and he goes, oh, I'm, uh, I can't remember what it was. I'm Steven. And he goes, you know, give me blah, 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 or I'm going to gut you like a fish, Steven. And then he goes, what's a fish? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that dialogue? Was his name Eugene? Was it Was it Eugene yes, Cordero? Eugene. <laughs> who I actually already have a tab open on because he he's is so, so funny. So 
so funny to me in everything he's in. He's in three episodes of this. <laughs> yeah. I believe his name is Casey. I think I think he might have also been yeah. in uh, The Good Place. Like, Give me the Tesseract like, or I'll gut you like a fish, And he's Casey. like, what's a fish? And you see later like, scenes where he's like talking to his superiors and he's like, yeah. And then he said he was going to gut me like a fish. Whatever that Whatever is. Whatever that is. Because he's just like working in this time yeah, station at the end like of time. he was like created in a bureaucratic time government and that's all he knows. I'm going to gut you like a fish. What's that? Like he's, he's, he's also from Wrecked. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's Errol in Wrecked. I just feel like I should properly know what you're uh, threatening me with before I make my decision. Right, right. <laughs> like, his that, dialogue is so great, and that is like, so Dirk Gently. Oh, just for sure. the absurd, funny, like, uh, character that has no idea what's going on. I love so, that. I love that. I honestly, maybe we should look into, we should probably talk more about Eugene Cordero. Yeah. Because not only is that role very, very funny and low-key, Oh yeah, like I said, like like I mentioned, he was from Wrecked. He he's also in Steven Universe. He's oh, also nice. uh, in the Good Place. He's Pill Boy in the Good Place. Okay, and uh, he he's in Close Enough. But more even more recently, he's Sam in Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh really? He's in he's in every episode of Lower Decks. He's just so funny. He's he's the freaking best, dude. Okay, one thing I thought was absolutely spectacular was when you see a flashback of Loki and he is DB Cooper. And this is like a real American mystery. Like you can look up DB Cooper was a real person. Uh it's probably an alias, but it was a person who hijacked a plane said he needed like a million dollars and uh talked to me about him before. and like a, a, a parachute and like he was on a civilian plane it landed when he landed everybody got off and he got the money he got the parachutes and then parachuted off the plane and with the money and has never been seen again like it's it's he it's never been solved there's been people who have confessed to being db cooper on their deathbeds but who knows if that's been a, well, if a hoax or if not. if there's more than one, yeah. which one's the true D.B. But Cooper? you see a flashback in Loki as uh, Loki being D.B. Cooper because he, like, lost a bet with Thor or something and had to mess around with him. And I thought that was so funny. And um, in the flashback, he hands a stewardess a note. And she start, she, he like he hands her a note and she starts to walk away. And it's like his ransom note where he like he tells him, like, I have a bomb. I'm going to blow up this plane unless you do what I say. And uh, she starts walking away and, and he goes without reading the note, without reading the note. And she and he goes, I think you should read that note. And as far as I know, that is what happened in real life. In real life, D.B. Cooper gave the stewardess a note and she just walked away. And he was like, wait, no, you should read that. And that was the note that said, like, I have a bomb on me. Give me a million dollars. Like, that's all real life. And I, and the fact that they brought that into the TV show and had Loki as D.B. Cooper, I just thought that was spectacular. That's super cool. Yeah. And, like, those, I, those writers did their research. Like, that's really what happened. I'll have to check <laughs> out more Loki because that's what really brought me into or drew me into WandaVision was their 
attention to detail regarding like older style TV. Yeah. Like tying in history to an obviously fictional story. Yeah. As far as I I know, the history that they tie into that show is as accurate as it can be. Yeah. Which is super, super fun. Yeah. Two things I want to mention about Loki. Uh, One is the score really stuck out to me immediately. Um, I thought there was just some really cool sound design that went into the score. Some really cool um, uh, synthesizer sounds that like evolved. It it really reminded me of uh, the Mandalorian, which uh, I think is one of the best modern scores ever. It's Ludwig Goranson, huge fan. Um, Yeah. Score is incredible. Also, I thought it was absolutely wild um, that in episode three of Loki, they have a fight scene to, um, I need a hero. Uh, it's, it's holding out for a hero. That's the name of the song. I can't remember who it's by, but I remember seeing a viral video where somebody had taken like a, a fight scene of the, the last uh, Star Wars movie. Uh, is that the last? Jedi or the last Skywalker, the final Skywalker. I don't know. The, 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 it's, it's definitely not the penultimate Skywalker. Yeah. But uh, I remember I seeing somewhere after that. I remember seeing a viral viral video of like one of the like final battle scenes at, to that song and it being like a meme. And uh, I thought in like, you know, this the action and the movement to Star Wars went so well with this song that like there is a fight scene in Loki where it's to this song and I had to I I have to think that they're paying homage to that meme or at least <laughs> saw that and was like to, man fight yeah. scenes go really well to I need a hero <laughs> I thought it was absolutely brilliant it was so fun um yeah I I'm such a huge fan of this show I watch you know I didn't have a ton of time this week I already said that but I've seen half of this show within the last 24 hours i cannot stop it's so good i it's everything i love about sci-fi it's i definitely know the meme you're talking about i definitely you know i can hear that that bonnie tyler song in my head and yeah they definitely use that i you know i don't i honestly couldn't tell you if it's cover or not i would just go ahead and no, it's original, give credit sure. to bonnie tyler it's the original. uh like they definitely use that in in the show um super super fun i one of the other things i really like about loki is is miss minutes the like digital character yeah who was, was who fun. was so very clearly but also wonderfully an homage or at least based on and somewhat referential to mr dna from jurassic park yeah like, it's totally that and they went out of their way to give her like a southern accent and sensibility even though it's just a computer program and I, I had at least read, I, I guess I have trouble confirming it, but I had heard that that was originally just going to be like in the first episode. Really? And they were like, wait a minute, this is kind of fun to yeah. have like the AI computer be Miss Minutes. And, and I mean, Miss Minutes is a major character throughout the show up and through the like end of the show. Like it very fun. And I, I always love when a character is so good, you know, you have your Adriana Laserva's in the Sopranos, like characters who were just going to be in the pilot. And then they're like, Whoa, that was so good. Let's just have you be a character. I love that for sure. 
I really can't say enough good things about these new um, Phase Four Marvel shows I'm on Disney loving Plus. It. Um, I literally, (laughs) (laughs) I literally started all of these shows, um, last night and tried to cram them all in and I got pretty far in two of them. Like it's, it, they're all really exciting. I can't wait to finish them. I will say that although I haven't seen it and I know that, uh, Israel and Jonathan ripped on uh, Falcon winter soldier a, a fair bit that, they have talked to me about a lot of positive things regarding that show. Oh, no, they're just cool. any, they're any really show. Good. They're yeah, solid. Any show is going to have some issues. Right. There's I, very few perfect shows. Here's the thing about that is I, I rip on it the way I rip on every Marvel movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's not, a I've Marvel loved movie. and enjoyed every Marvel movie I've ever seen. And I treated this show the same way. But like you said, it's not a movie. It's a TV It's my show. favorite format, a TV show. It's basically two movies. Yeah. Like it I I know I rag on it, but like because I because because I love Marvel, you know? Because I love I love to go see a Marvel movie and then talk shit about it, but it's because they're doing so many things right. Yeah. I don't know. Like like but the point is that I felt like it was just like one of these movies, which I think was the goal for that show. And I think yeah. that's really cool that they they pulled it off. Like, yes, I've seen things that seem cinematic, like Game of Thrones is movie quality. That's not wrong. But, like, not only was this show movie quality, but it was specifically as if it were one of these movies that already exists. Like, I, I think they did a really good job. I do want to, with all that said, I'd love to do a quick rapid fire. Let's not even do, I don't want to hear nine things. Of the three, what's your what's your favorite of the three? You ready? Yeah. Thomas. I mean, mine's obviously WandaVision. Loki, 100%. Ooh, all right. I got to go with Loki, too. And here's the thing. I can go back and forth between Loki and WandaVision all day, but I do put... Falcon and the Winter Soldier firmly in third. And that's after saying all those great things about it. Like, I still think it's great. So, um, just looking forward to what you have to um, look forward to with I, the new Marvel shows that are coming out. What are you going to say? I'm looking forward to Phase 5 and all 6 right, so and 7. <laughs> we this guy we have phase four movies stretching into like 2024 yeah calm it down i mean i'll still be alive in 2025 yeah but be excited for phase four (laughs) so coming up next we have what if question mark it has 10 episodes and it's going to air in august or on august 11th yeah that's when it starts i'm stoked for this have you looked into this it sounds really really cool it's major moments in mcu history but what if it went the other way and it's all and it's like an epic you know like what if if the snap was the other half i guess that's my idea or like what if this villain who was defeated in this movie actually won like how would the mcu be if blank happened the opposite it sounds That's like just what like what if is alternate it's, it, it, it's, universes. An, it's an anthology series rather than like 
a, uh, an ongoing show. When I hear this, it tells me that, dear listener, you need to watch WandaVision and then think about the idea of there being a what-if series surrounding major Marvel moments. So after what if we're Probably going true. we're going to get Hawkeye um the episode number is to be announced it's probably definitely going to be between 6 and 10 um because that's where all the other ones land it airs November 24th of this year 2021 um then we got Miss Marvel 6 episodes late 2021 Moon Knight 6 episodes 2022 She-Hulk 10 episodes, 2022. Um, Secret Invasion, 6 episodes, 2022. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, December of 2022, which I thought, I I think sounds so funny because I can only think of Star Wars. Wars Quick straw poll, have you guys watched any of that? Uh, Yes. Despite George Lucas's uh, best efforts to destroy all uh record yeah, of yeah, that show have you i have seen some of it on youtube no. iron heart <laughs> is going to have six episodes um it we don't know when it's going to air armored wars also don't know what's going to air and an un, untitled wakanda series is also slated uh in the works we don't know when it's going to come out um, I also found a, a little excerpt about kind of how they plan these Marvel shows. At any given time, Marvel Studios has future television series planned five to six years out from what they have announced. By December 2020, after announcing series through the end of 2022, future series were planned through 2028. The second seasons of Loki and What If are in development as series, um, sorry, as is series centered on Maya Lopez slash Echo, which is going to be a spinoff series of Hawkeye, which hasn't aired yet. Um, Marvel Studios is also developing three more animated series in addition to What If. So they already have planned out to 2028. We just don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, I think that brings us to our final segment of the night. Let's try to keep this quick. We've been talking a long time about Marvel shows. Israel, what have you been watching this week? Well, if it's time for what I've been watching this week, honestly, you know what? Uh, I like to say two things. I like to do that double dip, but I'll keep it quick. Uh, I've had new girl on the TV. Here's the thing. Here's the thing our netflix account got hacked oh no you can only have five profiles i live in a family of five i believe the hacker tried to make a new profile which required the deletion of a profile who got deleted chat i've i got deleted no i chatted with netflix support i've talked to them about it and apparently there's no way to recover a deleted profile. Oh, no. Like, it's not the account. We, we, you know, we've changed the password. The account's secure. Everything's fine. But my profile got deleted. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I'm not going to lie to you, listener. I'm, I'm kind of bummed. Like, that's years. That's years of, of watch history and ratings. 
um, just gone. And now it just got me on these weird basic B, and of course that means basic boy uh, <laughs> suggestions for yeah. Netflix shows and stuff. But I'm kind of sad about it. But honestly, you know, I've been subscribed to Netflix back when it was stars, let alone just thumbs up, thumbs down. It's not a big deal. So I just, because all my stuff was gone, just started New Girl. Um, I would say probably more accurately what I've been watching this week is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I've already seen WandaVision and I've already seen Loki. I did brush up on those. I did give myself a refresher. Yeah. But I before this week, I hadn't finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and honestly, it's because of that difference. It's because it's a six-hour movie, whereas the other two shows are two six-episode shows. Um, but that said, still totally, totally worth it. I just like shows better than movies. So that's why it took me so long, but you know, don't sleep on it, especially if you've watched the other two. Heck yeah. Johnny, what have you been watching this week? So mostly this week I've been watching bored to death, which I already talked about last week. It's a perfect show and I'm going to stand by that. It's tattooed on my heart. Man. Yeah, it's, it's so great. Um, but just for the sake of the audience, That's I do, tier. I do want to bring you something new, uh, that I watched this week. I watched expedition unknown, uh, shark trick. So this is Josh Gates from expedition and unknown. I've talked about this show. It's been a, what I've been watching in the past, He's um, an archaeologist who goes on cool adventures and tells you about the world. But um, this specific special, I believe, was filmed for Shark Week, and it's called Shark Trek. And it has uh, Josh Gates with William Shatner. Um, and they go and they just like go swim with sharks in different locations. But um, I'm a big fan of Star Trek, and I'm a big fan of Expedition Unknown, and I thought it was really cool. And. I learned some stuff about sharks and uh, big fish and uh, Josh Gates makes a lot of Star Trek puns uh, because he's a big fan and he kind of works that into the dialogue he has with William Shatner. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I Right now I have Hulu with live TV, so I think that's the only reason I was able to see it. I'm not totally sure if you'll be able to, be able to see it if you just have Hulu. Um, but if you have some time and you are interested, uh, and you like Star Trek and Josh Gates, I would highly recommend it. It was a fun crossover for me and, uh, yeah, it was super cool. Thomas, what have you been watching this week? I have started, continued, yeah, and finished watching all that exists currently to the general public. Of Ted Lasso. Nice. Heck yeah, dude. This is the best. It's one of the best shows on TV. It is. And you guys have been saying it for, I mean, months at this point. Uh, I mean, since season one finished airing, you guys couldn't stop talking to me about it. Um, If you have not watched it, you should watch it. It is TVMA. There are adult themes throughout. But... That being said, um, I believe if you go back and recount every single time Israel has talked about this show, if you watch this show, I think you'll be a better person. <laughs> yeah. <after> 100%. You- <laughs> 
Yeah, like once you're done, you will like. I mean, even if, not once you're done. Like if you watch the first episode, I think you'll be a better person. It's inspiring. Were, it, dude, it is. And like, I don't, and, I don't play soccer or or football. Football. Uh, but like, though that show is inspiring for me to be like the best version of myself I could be. Well, and right. and also like to just not care as much, and like not to say like don't care, like don't. I don't care about anybody else, but like, don't get so wrapped up in what's going on in front of your face that you forget what, what else really exists right. and yeah. what matters. And like, I don't know, dude, it, there are so many different perspectives in that show and they wrap them all it perfectly together and put a beautiful bow on top. And like, even though I say it, it makes it sound like, it's all smooth sailing and like, it's not, it's not like a, it's not a show where you like walk in and just watch like a happy go. Like there is strife and there is anger and there is deception and whatnot, but you see it get resolved in a healthy way. Yeah. In a real world way. And like, I don't know, it makes it sound like it's a, it's a psychology course or something, right. but like, it kind of is, but also it's really good TV. It It's fantastic TV that is somehow simultaneously a sports show that is a comedy show that teaches the lesson that forgiveness is more powerful than anger, <laughs> but keeps you laughing. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't make any sense. Like, I could not possibly conceive of a show so well done. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. Like, already. So quite like, ready. Yeah, I love already. that. That's how, watched, that's how Ted Lasso. Yeah, I watched same here. all of it in, uh, like, all 12 episodes that are currently out between seasons one yeah. and two in, like, three days. And it's currently airing on Apple yeah, Plus right they're, now. They're they're right it's in the beginning of season two here on Apple Plus. Check it out. Check it out. We are we well, are we are done talking. You can talk now. <laughs> Thanks. I acknowledge your your permission and acceptance. Uh, I this was this was so much fun. I can't I honestly like I said after doing this, I can't wait for the next Marvel episode we have. It's been great talking about these three shows, all three great. This is 18 fun episodes of television. I would recommend them all. You should definitely check it out. Uh, here on the TV Boys, one of the main ways that we grow is you listener sharing the show with a friend so just do that i would really appreciate it that would be great um also another thing that would be great that you could do is talk to us you can you can tell us what's your favorite part of any of these marvel shows you can tell us what you're most excited about for these upcoming marvel shows or whatever else you want you can do that at the TV Boys on Twitter. You can do that at the TV Boys Pod on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Uh, before we 
end things here. Does anybody else have anything they need to just get off their chest this week? I love you. Israel, I think <laughs> that you are a great friend. And even though one time you cut me and Johnny off, um, I think that you shouldn't define yourself by your mistakes. Oh, that's super cool, man. <laughs> if I had one last thing to tell you, the listener, it would be go ahead and watch another episode. And we will talk to you next week. I've been Izzy. Who else we got here? I am Thomas. And I'm Johnny. Kiss me. That's it. That's all. That's it. Is. And we'll see you next week. Now I get to the morning.